This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You know, it's been said that success comes to those who wait. Belief started in the fourth grade. I believe that it's earned with the right attitude. And I had this nagging feeling. A great belief system. I was capable of so much more. An action every single day. In all the pursuits that we have in our lives, I think there's an element of suffering. When you mix that in with faith, courage, discipline, and most importantly, a vision. Never give up on yourself. That's when greatness happens. The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I'm excited. We're going to share some time with uh, the athletic director at Eastern Illinois University, my alma mater. Uh, but first, I'm going to dive into a few things. Uh, you know, I get asked a lot about books, and uh, you know, I do a lot of reading. I've got a habit um, that some know that it's 10 pages a day minimally. So uh, how, do we, how do we break it down? It's that simple, 10 pages a day. I think it was last year I read 18 books. This year I'll read probably around 20 books uh, for the year 2018. And it's just simply by reading 10 pages a day. Some days it's easy, and I'm counting back on page five or six and how many I've got done. And there's days I'll, I'll you know look up and I've read 20 pages. But 10 a day, no miss, cannot miss it, whatever. It has to be done, uh, and that's how you read a lot of books. And I, you know, I've got the philosophy that if I wake up and I read 20 books a year, and I do that for five years, that's 100 books, and you have a person over here that doesn't read any books, five years from now, how advanced will that person be? Whether that's mindset, whether that's stuff in your business, whether that's studying success, whatever it may be, if I read 100 books and you read zero books, I have to think that I can win more times than not. So here's a quick little list on the best two books I read in 2017, uh, Relentless by Tim Grover. Um, if you hear Michael Jordan ever talk about Tim Grover, he will say, I would not be the Michael Jordan I am today if it wasn't for Tim Grover. So he's a mental coach, a physical coach. It's just a phenomenal book about mindset and what it takes to be an actual, you know, one of the greatest of all times. Whether you're Michael Jordan, he's worked with Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant. I mean, some of the best in the industries that, uh, of the sport. And uh, so that book was phenomenal. And then just one I read probably about every other year is by a good friend of mine, Matthew Kelly, uh, The Rhythm of Life. And it's arguably the best book I've ever read. And uh, it really just helps you slow down to think about your life just personally, uh, from relationships, intellectually, financially, spiritually, uh, emotionally. You know, what are the things that you want to do in those areas of your life? So if you've never read The Rhythm of Life by Matthew Kelly... I would highly recommend picking that up. Best books so far, 2018, uh, I think of two of them. Uh, one of them is Essentialism by Greg McCowan. Uh, great book. And so, you know, one part about that is, I'm going to read here real quick, is it says, When faced with so many tasks and obligations that you can't figure out which to tackle first, stop. Take a deep breath. Get present in the moment. And ask yourself, what is the most important thing this very second? Not what's most important tomorrow or even in a half hour from now. If you're not sure, make a list of everything vying for your attention and cross off anything that is not important right now. And so obviously with the word essentialism, you can kind of see what the book is about. But it really has helped me when I think about you know, running an organization like Visionary Wealth Advisors and all the different things that you want to do in your life, whether that's charity, it's your kids, 
whatever it may be, we all have a lot of stuff going on. And I have found the most successful people, not only do they bounce back quicker from de- uh, from defeat, if you will, or, or from uh, just bad news, they, they bounce back quicker, but they also, they know what's essential in their life. They know what to do. They know that one or two things that they need to do every single day to be successful. So that's Essentialism by Greg McCowan. Uh, and the other book is Living with the Monks by Jesse Itzler. If you've not read his other book, Living with the Seal, I also read that one last year. That's a great book. Uh, but Living with the Monks uh, by Jesse Itzler is a great book. Something I want to share from there is uh, what he talks about all the time. I'm actually going through a coaching program right now with Jesse. And what he talks about is remember tomorrow. So no matter what you're doing today and you want to stop or you don't want to do it, right? you just want to quit, whatever it is, remember tomorrow. And he says, remember tomorrow, the voice inside my head. He was climbing uh, a mountain, he was talking about it. And then another time he was talking about it when he was at the Montessori, living with the monks. He says, the voice inside my head was screaming louder than Lenny. Lenny was one of the monks. It just kept saying the same thing over and over. Remember tomorrow, remember tomorrow, remember tomorrow. It's one of the mantras that I live by. It's the way I beat up the bully in my head. And in that moment, I knew I had to remember how tomorrow was going to feel if I pulled the ripcord too soon, too soon and went home. Instantly, everything changed. When you come to a point when you have to make a key decision, remember how that choice will make you feel tomorrow. And the tomorrow after that, and the one after that. If you want to drop out of a marathon at mile 18, okay, that's fine. But remember what it's going to feel like tomorrow. Remember when you're left alone to think about it. So just remember all the things that we got to do in our lives. There's certainly things that I don't want to do every single day. But I got to think about tomorrow and how it's going to make me feel if I choose to not do those things. So I just thought I would share that with you. The best of 2017 books, the best of 2018 books. We'll probably spend more time on that. And look, if you like the show, we would ask for you to share it. We'd ask for you to go on iTunes once it's off the radio and on to iTunes and, and uh, all the other podcast stations. Share that. Give us a ranking. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating. That stuff matters. It helps us make a bigger influence in people's life. Um, but this guest today, I'm going to give you a little high-level view of that. We missed the first couple minutes uh, of our conversation due to technology. But I'm going to give you a little, uh, the little high and low here. So, so Tom Michael... Uh, is the athletic director at the Eastern Illinois University. I always like to joke and talk about that. Uh, but the Eastern Illinois University, he's the athletic director there. Uh, born in a town, born and raised in a town called Hoffman, Illinois. So Southern Illinois. He went to Carlisle High School. They actually won a state basketball title when he was there. Um, you know, he grew up working for the family business. They owned a lumber yard. And he learned, really, the, the hard work and the faith and the integrity of what it took to be a small family-owned business. And, uh, you know, I know his brother, Michael, and they come from a great family and just really inspired me to sit down with Tom and learn about what he did. Uh, he also played basketball for the University of Illinois, uh, coached by Lou Henson. Uh, he got his bachelor's degree and a master's degree there. And he actually set the record for the season most, and it's still to this day is a record for most three-point uh, field goal percentages made in a single season. So big deal, obviously a sharpshooter. The guy's six foot eight. He's tall. Uh, great guy. I really enjoyed my conversation with him. We're going to dive right in now where we start to talk about in, uh, integrity 
and legacy. But please enjoy our conversation with the Eastern Illinois University Athletic Director, Tom Michael. I think, too, my, my uh, business partner, Tim Hammett, we always talk about intentions and motives, right? And I think you know, that integrity is in line with that. Is if your intention is right, your motive is right, and you're just doing the right thing, right? Whether that's for us, for our clients, it's doing something in the community, it's you doing something for a student-athlete. I mean, that's the intention and the motive, right, is what it comes down to. Yeah, there, there's no question. And you're not ever going to be perfect. Uh, you're going to make mistakes. Um, but if you're working hard doing it, um, I, I tell people what we do in, in athletics, I'm not, I'm not here to say that, that it's, it's um, – it's brain surgery or anything like that. Um, you know what we do um, doesn't doesn't take someone like that. Um, but what I'm looking for is someone that's going to work their tail off every day for us. Yeah. Um, that they're good p- people and they're going to be able to make good decisions. Right. And to your intentions and, and motives, it's 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 those types of people that I want around us that are going to do that every day. And if we do that, we're going to do a good job. Yeah. We're going to make sure that we continue to bring good people in. And the people that we serve are going to be um, benefiting from from those types of people yep. too. It's funny what you said the people you surround yourself with, and so uh, that that circle of people. You know, my dad always told me that the people you surround yourself with and the books you read are going to make you a better person five years from now. Well, as a kid, though, you don't want to hear that, right? Right, right. <laughs> you don't like my friends, right? What are you saying? So, but I think it's so true, right? And and that's and we talk about that now with my children. It's, it's the people you surround yourself with, and you're right. So your team around you. So when you think about that, and, and from that perspective. Talk to me about culture and people and how important that is to you as a leader. You know, the, the culture piece, um, I, I, I look at it and I, I heard this analogy um, actually from our football coach um, when I first got there um, is, is similar to recruiting, uh, recruiting and shaving. You know, if, if you're not recruiting every day, um, it's like shaving and people are going to notice it and it's, it's hmm. going to show pretty quickly. And I think that's the way the culture piece is. If, if you don't talk about that culture, if you don't think about that culture, if you aren't instilling different items with the culture every day, um, it can get away from you in in no time at all. Yeah. And and it, it's hard to build, it's hard to maintain, but it's super easy to let it crumble. Yeah. And, and those are some things that at adverse times um, where you really have to dig in deep and make sure uh, that, that you do have your core values in place um, so that your culture still stands even in those rough times. Yep, yep. And so I, I watched your um, uh, the press conference when you got hired back in, like, what was that, July 22nd, if I remember correctly? Yeah. July yeah. 22nd, 2014. Yeah. And you talked about planning for excellence. And, and so tell me about that. Well, I think it, I think it really comes down to um, how, you, how you approach every day. And, and the excellence piece is it depends on what your expectations are and, and what and how you hold your people around you accountable and responsible for, for maintaining that. Uh, there's challenges with that every day. Um, and, and I think that everybody wants to talk about being excellent uh, in what they do and how they approach it. Um, but are they willing to make the sacrifices to be excellent? Right. Are they willing to – do they really want to be held accountable and responsible for their actions? And, and, and I think, you know, um, we, we talked earlier about sitting in this chair and you're thinking you're ready for it, and, and then when you get in the chair – Boy, there's a lot of things that you thought you knew that you <laughs> I didn't, didn't know. know that part. Right? Yeah. yeah, and and I think that 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 piece is is part of that. Um, you you have an opportunity as the number two guy, the number three guy, whatever it is, to to be a part of that. But when when 
if, if I don't bring energy and enthusiasm and passion every day to work uh, with the people that we meet, whether it's staff, coaches, student-athletes, or even the faculty on campus or whomever it is, there's no way that I can expect anybody else right. to have that if I don't. Right. And so I do feel blessed that I'm a half-full guy all the time. It's, 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 we've got to find the positive. We're going to do the positive. We're going to look for those things. And that helps create that culture to be excellent. Yeah. And, and if, if that can be something that you work on every day, and you, it's not easy. It's not easy to get people that that aren't completely on board with that to to buy into that. Yeah. Um, some people think it's corny. Some people think that uh, it's just a cliche. Some people, but if you battle it every day, um, either they'll get on board or they need to get off. Yep. And and um, you know those are those are sometimes tough de- tough decisions to come to. But but also if you're looking at the big picture, what you're here to do, then it becomes a little bit easier. Thanks for listening to the Circuit of Success. I am your host, Brett Gilliland. Every single week we get to come to you, and it's just our honor to get to bring you great guests, uh, great information to help you live the best life that you possibly want to live. Whatever it may be, if you want to live the dream or work the dream, whatever it may be, we're just thankful that you tune in every single week on the Big 550 KTRS. Welcome back to the Circuit of Success. I'm Brett Gilliland, your host. Let's dive back into this week's guest. I don't know if you ever read The Energy Bus by John Gordon or not, but he talks about it, right? You're either on the bus or you're off. Yep. And uh, Ryan Barkey, is, uh, he's our general counsel here for our firm. His brother, actually, is the uh, AD at SEMO. Oh, Brady. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Brady uh, Barkey. And so, but he and I were just talking about this morning, we coach basketball together, Ryan and I, and, and it's body language, right? Our, our team last night, we were getting beat. And it was body language. Yeah. And so to your point earlier, if you walk in the day, if you walk in the office every day, you're hanging your head, man, this is tough. It's not good. No. Right? You gotta have different body language. And and people will will recognize that they feed off of, of the person who's leading and, and if you don't have an optimistic outlook on, on where we're at, no matter what the situation is, right. I might close my door in my office once in a while and, and might let it all out. Right. Um, but, boy, when that door opens and, and we're in front of people, we're going to make sure that, that they know we can lead them to where, right. where we want to go. That's right. So let's talk about uh, planning. That you know, We talked about planning for excellence, but are you a big goal planner? I mean, like, do you sit down every year and think about, okay, you know, it's it's obviously it's October now of 2018. Are you thinking about 2019? What's your strategy there? Yeah, I think that that as you go through that, um, if you're if you're not writing those things down, and and I have a document that's called my life planner, and um, you know, got a lot of different things in that, and part of that is the goals. Whether is that something you created or something you found like you bought somewhere? It's something I found okay. with a guy that I work with. Yep. Um, and um, we, I've been working with him for about six years, nice. and uh, a little bit of professional development, professional growth, and and um, and we put this life planner together, and and it talks about personal growth, it talks about professional growth, uh, and how to be an executive, how to be a better executive, and and all those things from your daily prayer to putting a daily process together each day. You sit down and and you come up. What are your goals? What are your priorities for that yeah. day? What's your day look like? And then what are you going to do? in terms of relationships what are you going to do in terms of messaging our department and our staff all has to be together with a messaging piece whether it's title nine whether it's um, budget whether it's what we're doing with our football program that that might be a struggling right now all that messaging has to be consistent so how are you going to work on those things so 
And I also think that, that what I try to do is I go through and tweak those goals. And each week or, or whatever it might be as you read through those things, how can I make that goal a little bit better? And um, uh, whether that's a fitness piece, whether that's, again, the professional growth, yep. it's, it's the relationships or whatever that might be. But trying to go through that and, and how can I make this document better? Too. And how often are you going back to that document? Is I'm in that document every week, okay. uh, reading it and going through it and and looking at it and whether it's um what i want to do for my kids whether what i want to do with shanna my wife or whatever it is to to make those relationships better stronger um and then whether it's goals that we have at eiu whether it's goals that you have professionally whatever that might be yeah i think that's huge because a lot of people we talk about this all the time i'm a believer in that as well i look at my business plan you know regularly my my black journals you can see here in my office i'm in those things all the time and I think where a lot of people maybe make the mistake is they put this nice plan, this nice goal together of everything they're going to do, right, personally, professionally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, and then it goes in the drawer of the desk and you never review it again. So I was, I'm glad to hear that you're, you're in that thing every week. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's just – I think it's something that you also have to find – you also have to find your time to do that. So when can you find quiet time to to take care of things spiritually? When can you take time to – because if you don't, your day just gets crazy. And that's with this – the daily process piece is is if you're, if you're not taking care of that every day, the great thing about athletics is I never know what's going to walk through the door on right. a given day. I don't know what problem is going to come up or whatever, and that's the exciting, fun part about it. But – if you don't manage things, that can get away from you in a hurry, and and now you're just spinning in the same rut. Yeah. I think that you're six foot eight. You can see my notes over here because my next question was going to be think time. Yeah, I wrote down. Do you build that in your calendar? I'm a believer in what I call STT or strategic think time. You got to schedule it. Some of the best things I've done in my career have been from just quiet, no phones, just me, a pen, and a journal. You do that? There's no question that that in the morning when I get up. Um, you get your workout in and then just be able to have that time where you can sit. Um, because I also think it's incredibly important to be able to write those things down with your journals, whatever it might be. Because if, if, if I, for me, if I try to keep those things locked up, uh, it'll, it'll just be a mess. Right. And so just, just the process of getting those things written down. And whatever it might be, and it might be a crazy one, it might be something that's really productive that, hey, that has to move up or that maybe that gets put in the life planner, whatever it might be, whatever's on my mind, just trying to get it out and written down. So there's a lot of other things that are going to be coming up. Right, exactly. Yeah, because I think you do. when that, That creation, people are always like, well, what do you do for an hour and a half just thinking? I'm like... I don't know, but the time flies, and when I'm doing it, it's like something. It's I always call it peeling the onion layer back. Right? Yeah. It's just layer after layer, and the next thing you know, it's this crazy idea that becomes a, a real thought and a real thing you're going to implement in your life. Well, and you know how appropriate the name of of your business in terms of visionary wealth financial. You know, I mean that visionary piece is a lot of what you're talking right. about in yeah. this in this quality think time. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, how do you stay a student of the game when you think about all the stuff you've got to know, what, you know, all the rules and regs to compliance to but just your vision, and your thoughts? I mean, how, how does Tom Michael stay a student of the game? Um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer of, of having some great mentors uh, in your life, um, particularly on the professional side, and, and you have to have those 
personally as well, but on the professional side, uh, just trying to maintain relationships with with individuals you mentioned integrity earlier um, that I feel are doing things the right way. Yeah. There's there's a lot of different ways to run an athletic department. Um, a lot of different people that have successes doing different things. And uh, but what I try to find is who are like minded. Um, who believe in philosophically the same things. And so talking with those, watching them. Um, but also I think there's a, I think sometimes, and, and I've had this opportunity over, over my career, um, you, you also learn how not to do things. And I think that that's an important lesson, whether it's the lumberyard going back there and working there for 20, 20 months and thinking, I do not want to do this the rest of my life. <laughs> right. And I do feel blessed that, that I have found an occupation. I don't watch the clock, um, you know, in the fall and this time of the year, uh, we might be working every day for six or eight weeks and Sunday we've got soccer matches Saturday. We've got all day football. I mean, it's just everything going on. Um, but it's never an issue. It's never a problem. It's never. And, you know, again, having a family that understands athletics, it's, it's important, uh, to do that too. But, um, those are those are ways I think that that talking to people, um, you try to get into books, um, and and you know John Gordon's books are great. Yeah. Whether it's the Energy Bus, the Carpenter, um, that that really have value to yeah. you uh, in terms of uh, philosophically um, how you want to do that, and and having having um, um, a a whole approach to it. Um, that's not just work related. It's it's also personally yep. um, how you grow um, as an individual, and then trusting the process. Yep. So we're here with Tom Michael, uh, athletic director of uh, Eastern Illinois University. Stay with us. We'll go to break. We'll be right back on the Circuit of Success. Welcome back to the Circuit of Success. I am your host Brett Gilliland, and today we are in the studio with Tom Michael. He is the athletic director at Eastern Illinois University former basketball player at University of Illinois. We're talking a lot about, you know, just really his career, uh, talking about integrity, talking about culture. We're going to dive in now, Tom, to really habits and rituals. You mentioned earlier about, you know, I've got to get my workout, workout in, and then I move into, you know, X, Y, and Z. But And you just said it really not probably even consciously even knowing you said it, but I think it's really important is, well, obviously I get my workout in the morning, right? But But a lot of people don't do that. So talk to us about that. Well, I think it. I think it comes down to part of those goals that you set, and part of that life planner is that you've got to find time for yourself. And you know, I don't like the treadmill, um, <laughs> but I got to get on the treadmill. Yeah. Um, I've got to. I've got to get those workouts in. Um, and and it serves two purposes. Uh, in my mind, is is um, you obviously from a fitness standpoint, but but those those. 40, 45 minutes on the treadmill um, are also good opportunities to do a lot of thinking yeah. as well. And uh, so so that's just how I start my day. Um, I have tried to do it later. I've tried to do it in the middle of the day, and um, that doesn't work. Yeah. And, and that's what works best for me, yeah. um, to get up early and get it going, and then my day gets started and, and feel like, okay, now I can tackle it and get after it. What time do you get up in the morning? Uh, it's probably a little, a little before 5. Um, you know, and try to be, try to be at the gym by five twenty, five thirty, and get that done. And, 
um, and then uh, uh, try to have that time in the morning before I get into the office. Yeah. I try to get into the office before anybody else does. Yeah. Um, I've got an open door policy, and and when I say open door, I really mean an open door policy that um, if there's a coach, if there's a student athlete, if there's a staff member that has something that's on their mind that they feel like they need to come to see me about, I want them to be able to come and do it. Um, there's a lot of disruptions. Yeah. It can be a little chaotic at times. But I know when when I was an associate AD or senior associate AD and I had a question that was important, I wanted to be able to do that. And, and Ron had that, had that policy and, and was able to do that. Yeah. Uh, so I try to get in before everybody else does because then I can get some quiet time right. and I can get some things done and, and because I know the day might be a little bit crazy. So talk to us about other habits and rituals you may have that what I would call no miss. You know, you just you know each day this is going to happen. I mean, it's just built in. Yeah, I think it starts out with the workout. Um, try to make sure that um, you know that quiet time early is is when you can really sit down and and um, you know it's meditate. It's go through your daily prayer um, to make sure that that you know you're in tune with with what you've sat down and and put together for who you want to be every day and know that you need help and guidance um to be able to get that done each day um uh i don't i'm usually not a lunch guy um so usually work through lunch again it's a quiet time when when you can get some things done um but then you know i i do with our kids out of the house now it's it's a there's some challenges and and it makes it a little bit easier but um you know when you don't have to hustle back to get to a kid's soccer game or a volleyball game or basketball game now but the life i'm living right now that's exactly right (laughs) and 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 you're running all over doing those things and they're great times in your life yeah um i do spend more time at the office um but you know there's there's times when when i've got to make sure that that shanna and i have dinner um or whatever that might be um i try to make sure that you know family's important that uh, i'm in communication with my kids they're 29 and 23 and 19 you know and so sometimes that's through text messages right. <laughs> um very rarely is it through a call right. um my daughter's a freshman at um at eiu playing volleyball um and she's in her second year the last fall when she was there she was in my office almost every day so i saw her all the time and i thought this is kind of cool i'm right. probably closer to her at this point in time than i ever was then the second semester came around, and she wasn't around every day, but she was still around quite a bit. And now this fall, we schedule a lunch uh, uh, every week. Yeah. Uh, and actually, <laughs> um, before I came in, um, I was texting with her, and so we're going to have lunch tomorrow. Um, so, but it's just something that that need to make sure that you that you that you keep the priorities in mind. Yeah. And and if I if I lose sight of of those important people in in my life then it's not going to matter how many games we win or what's taking place in our programs. We've got to keep those important. This is Brett Gilliland with Circuit of Success. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Circuit of Success. I'm Brett Gilliland, your host. Let's dive back into this week's guest. So when you look at success, how do do you define that? Um, I think it's, that's a that's that's a really good question, um, and I think that in our our business it would be the impact that we have on the student athlete experience. Yeah. Um, you know, we are in a wins and loss business in a lot of ways. Um, the fundraising piece is 
is critical um, for us, maybe for all of athletic departments and higher ed, more so now than, yeah. than ever before. Um, so those things are all important. But, but I think at the end, it's what kind of service are we providing for our student-athletes? Um, and how are we enhancing that student-athlete experience at Eastern Illinois University? I'm in this business because of my student-athlete experience. Um, again, as I mentioned earlier, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't just a smooth road. We won all the games and everything worked out perfect. There were bumps and some adversity along yeah. the way that you have to deal with. And and so what you hopefully can do is is work these things so that the student-athletes that, that are on our campus leave here knowing that that they're going to be our best recruiters when they leave. It's when I'm sitting in my office with with the parents and the student athlete on a recruiting visit, and I have to look those parents in the eye. And this goes back to your question about integrity. I'm not giving them fluff. I'm yep. telling them, shooting it straight. Uh, and and if if that isn't the the sales job that they're looking for, then then that's not where they need to be. Yep. But I have to look them in the eye and tell them that our responsibility that we take extremely seriously is we have to give their son or daughter back to them better than we got them. Amen. In that four or five-year period, we have to make them – we know they're going to be better athletes. We know they're going to be better students through the educational process. But more importantly, they have to be a better young man or better young woman than they were right. when they were here. I've got a son that's a fifth-year senior at McKendree. Those are the expectations that we have there. And quite frankly, even with our daughter at EIU, with the volleyball coach, um, those are the expectations is that – you know, we feel that we've done a pretty good job raising our kids, but that's an important growth period in those four or five years. And, and how can they be better through that experience of participating in sport and athletics, which I think is, is obviously a, a great opportunity, and how can they be better? Well, I think as a leader of, a, of an organization, too, we look for the universities to do that because I, I can tell you, I think we have 14 or 15 college athletes in our firm. There's just something about it, right? Yeah. I mean, you're an athlete. You understand disappointment. You understand rejection. You understand winning. You understand losing, right? And so that's my next question is we talk about the success part, uh, which is more fun to talk about. But and you don't have to go into detail. But any, any of the maybe the bumps along the road that you've had or, dis, or uh, disappointments you've had, we've all had them. How, have you, how do you overcome those? How do you fight through them? Yeah, I think that that um, if if you don't ap- approach those, that it's an opportunity to learn and grow and get better, um, then then you're going to struggle to be successful. And and um, there's opportunities for for us to learn every day. Yeah. And and if if we're not trying to do that, and and you know again, the only way to learn is not through failure. Um, but we're not perfect, and, and I know we're going to make some mistakes. Um, but then how do you react to that? Yeah. And are you going to make adjustments um, so that you don't continue to make the same mistakes over? And whether that's dealing with personnel, whether that's um, in a hiring process, whether that's rolling something out from a marketing campaign, whether that's something we do on social media, whether that's interaction with a donor, whatever it might be, um, it's it's always evaluating that and 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 I think that there's there's a piece that says that do you have confidence in who you are to be able to self reflect on those things and say how can I get better and I and I think that you know as an athlete 
um, that's part of that process. Yep. You know, um, as a student athlete, you're you're really programmed to please, and and so when you don't please the coach, you don't play or you don't perform well. So then you have to reflect back and go back to the film room or sit down and have that one-on-one conversation with the coach and them tell you what you haven't done well, and you either adjust and and get better or you continue to do the same thing, right. and you sit on the bench. Right. And so, you know, you figure those things out. Well, the coaches say they have a nice seat sitting next to them, right? There's one always open. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it depends on if you want to be there or if you want to exactly. continue to get out on the floor. So what would you tell the Tom Michael maybe of, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago? What would you tell that guy? Um, you know, the the piece that – I have learned over the last four years of sitting in this chair is is patience, patience, patience. Um, stop, look, and listen. Um, general West, um, he's a four-star general that I've had the opportunity to be on a, on a phone call with. Um, and that's what he really emphasized to me was when I, shortly after I took the job at EIU, was just to stop, look, and listen. And there's times when, when you, you are in a situation and you want to just go at 100 miles an hour. I see the problem. It's got to be fixed, and here's how I'm going to jump in and do it. And, and it was really important for me, uh, and I, I, as I've been there now for a little over four years, um, I have to kind of go back to that piece because mm-hmm. – you know, when you're when you're just starting, you you want to gather all the information you can. But now that you've been there, you kind of get a little bit comfortable. But still, it's important to make sure you have that information. Um, you can lead with a sword and a sledgehammer, yep. um, and you can try to see what kind of effectiveness you have on that. Or you can really um, work in collaboration, cooperation with your staff, and you can get them on board to buy into your vision. Um, to buy into the mission that you have for the department uh, and the university. And when that happens, you're going to be a lot more successful yeah. than if I have to come in. Now, at some point in time, the sword and the sledgehammer might have to come out. <laughs> right, exactly. but, Just put, keep them in the toolbox. Yeah, yeah. but if, if that's how you're going to lead initially, I think um, your ceiling's a lot yeah. lower. So look and listen, I like that. I don't know if you've ever heard this before. Uh, I had not heard it. My 13-year-old had heard this somehow. Uh, but listen and silent are spelled from the exact same letters. I'll be darned. I'd never heard it. And and so you think about that. My eighth grade uh, history teacher, Mr. Harshbarger, always said you have two ears, one mouth, use them proportionately. And so I just love those sayings. I I love that. Stop, look, and listen, because we do. We have to slow down, breathe. Don't just try to go in, tackle it, and fix it. And and like I said, collaborate, work together. Um, Fears. One of my favorite questions I ask in almost every show, the fears you've put in your mind – We've all put them in our mind. How many of them have blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? Um, you know, I think I think that are there are there fears that you have? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know that. I mean, a fear is to fail. You right. know, um, that is something that um, you know I think helps drive me personally to say that I'm going to work my tail off. Um, do everything I can because I, I'm not going to fail at what we do here. Um, so, so there's a piece to that. Um, losing is is 
people ask, you know, do you do you enjoy winning more or hate losing? And I hate losing, and you know, and it probably affects the winning right. because you don't appreciate those things as much. But um, it's it just eats me up to yep. sit and and watch our teams lose. I know what not that every other team isn't putting it into it, but I know what our kids have put into it, and and then not to be successful in that moment, um, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. But but I think failure um, would be the one fear that, that you put in there, and to, uh, has it blown up? No. Right. I mean, I, I think that you you put that in your mind, um, and, and sometimes you, you think of a worst-case scenario. But I would also say, going back to to a previous comment that I made about being a half full person, um, I've got people um, that that I've been around um, that that are not half full people. That everything is gloom and doom, and it's negative, and um, those are hard people to be around. Yeah, they are. And you know, in high school, we were. I was fortunate. My high school coach Brad Weathers um, had us come in couple mornings a week and we listened to these motivational tapes wow and we would sit this is in 1987 1988 we'd sit in a classroom he'd bring donuts in or something and we would sit there and it was just a a cassette tape that we would play through this series and and a lot of it was about the positive thinking piece (laughs) and some of the things that you remember are how your thought processes are how are you preparing yourself from a from a mental perspective of when you're sitting there visualizing yourself shooting free throws, how many free throws do you make? You should visualize yourself making all, all of them. Right. Um, it's, it's the example that stands out way back then is pitching coach goes to the pitcher, pitching mound, got the star hitter up to bat, and he tells the pitcher, don't throw it here. And where's the pitcher? Throw it right there. Throw it right there. And so, you know, um, those are things that that I still try to try to think about and and really put into my mind, whether that's when we're going through a coaching hire um, to visualize how we're going to do this the right way, whether it's meeting with the donor, whether it's meeting with our student athletes, whatever it is, um, just do that mental preparation again, going back to what we talked about. Um, finding time for yourself to really visualize yourself being successful in different ways. So let's turn the page now. Last few questions here. Uh, we're going to talk EIU here in a second, but I want to talk about kids' sports. You had uh, three athletic children, uh, played college sports yourself. They played college sports. What are we as parents? I don't want to say what we're doing wrong, but if, again, maybe even go back five, six, seven, eight years ago as a parent, what could we be doing different? Because kids' sports are different than when you and I grew up and played. They are, and um, I don't know that it's better um, in a lot of ways. Um, I think that uh, at some point in time, um, kids have to be kids too. And I know we talked, we talked in August. Um, I think it was August when when we first connected, and and um, I think you were getting ready to go down to Florida with yeah. with your family. Yeah. And I think one of the comments you made is, "Kids just going to be kids and let yeah. them go and have fun." And um, I don't know that that um, sometimes, and I push my kids um, athletically um, very hard. But from the perspective of if you're going to do this, this is how you're going to do it. Um, we're not going to play basketball. We're not going to play volleyball. We're not going to play baseball and just do it halfway. And but if you're going to play, it's going to be with the intention that you're going to do it right. You're going to work hard at it. Um, 
from an athletic standpoint, I think that there's a place to have fun. But at the same time, I think that from my perspective, sport and athletics are an opportunity to teach and grow people for characteristics and philosophies that lead far later into life when when their playing days are over, whether that's when you're done in junior high, whether that's in high school, college, or if folks are fortunate enough to play professionally at that point in time too. And and so that's how, how Shannon and I uh, approach that. But I also said, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to. For my boys that play yeah. basketball, don't play basketball because I played. Don't do it for those reasons. Do it for the reasons because you wanted to. And if there's a time when you don't want to, then don't do it. But you've got to do something. So let's now talk about Eastern Illinois. I'm a proud Eastern Illinois alum. Uh, I know you are passionate about that university now. And, and uh, you know, there, there's been bumps and bruises along the way. But I think from what I hear and what I uh, understand about Eastern, there's a lot of good stuff going on right now. So talk to us about that. Yeah, there really is. Um, our enrollment is up. Uh, overall enrollment is up 7%. Um, our freshman enrollment is up 25%. Which is uh, a big deal because that's not happening across the country. It's not, and, and, and it's not happening in the state. Yeah. And um, there's some other institutions um, in the state of Illinois that haven't seen that growth and have seen considerable decline. And that's, that's not good for the state of Illinois. That's not good for higher education. And, um, but we've been fortunate. We've got a president, uh, David Glassman, that uh, has been there for three years. He's in his fourth year. Um, that has really um, taken the bull by the horns, addressed some tough issues, um, has changed some programs uh, on campus, uh, restructured some of the colleges and different things like that to make it more appealing, um, to make it a better place for in-state seniors to say, this is where I want to continue my yeah. education. And uh, um, it's there's a positive buzz out there. Our coaches see it immediately when they're out on the road um, trying to – helps their recruiting efforts. Unbelievably well, yeah. unbelievably well. So we're excited. We know the ship hasn't fully turned. Um, but but it is it's in a much better place today than it was a couple years ago when the budget impasse at Springfield affected so many of the higher eds. Um, and EIU was one of those. Yep. Enrollment had declined, but we've picked that back up and, and really like the direction that we're going. Good. Well, it's great to hear, as, again, as an alum, it's, uh, it's always nice to hear great things about your university. I know you guys are doing a great job. Yeah. No, it's, it, it is. And, and I think, you know, um, just our time that we've, that we've had to talk to – to hear your passion for EIU yeah. um, is is really thrilling and exciting for me to to meet folks that have been there and have been successful at EIU and and now are doing great things. Um, that's what that's what being part of higher ed is all about. That's right. Well, Tom Michael, it's been an absolute blast having you on the Circuit of Success. I appreciate you coming down to the office today and spending some time together. And it's been great having you. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Circuit of Success. I am your host, Brett Gilliland, and each and every single week, we're going to bring you a great guest, whether that's a a business leader, a professional sports star, an author, whatever it is, we're going to bring you as much as we possibly can to help you live your best life. We get to dive into the roads that these people travel, the, uh, the successes, the struggles, the fears that they've put in their own minds, and do what they've done to become successful. And so we look forward to bringing that to you every single week. If you want more on our firm, Visionary Wealth Advisors, check us out online at visionarywealthadvisors.com. You can also find the show's website at circuitofsuccess.com. We'll be back next week with another great guest on the Circuit of Success.
This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.